Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. As we head into Christmas weekend, the rising number of COVID-19 cases. As we get into winter. How concerned should you be about Omicron? A stark warning. Unvaccinated individuals will continue to drive hospitalizations and deaths. This is really unprecedented. Second Christmas. I know how you're feeling. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for Wednesday, December the 22nd. And uh, by the way, a little programming note, this is our last program for uh, 2021. We'll be back on uh, Tuesday, January the 4th, 2022. So uh, have a great Christmas. and um, But lots to talk about over the next hour. Tom, Benny, and Clark. And uh, interestingly, I you know I don't want to sprain myself by patting myself on the back, but what I said about Mark Walker dropping out of the U.S. Senate race, apparently uh, now there's some evidence. Although this poll was taken by Ted Budd's people, but it sort of confirms what I was saying earlier. Ted Budd would take the lead in the GOP U.S. Senate race if, Mark Walker goes ahead and decides to drop out. Now, originally, he said he was going to drop out. He actually went down and met with uh, Donald Trump down at his Florida Mar-a-Lago resort. And initially, he came out right after that and said, yeah, I'm going to drop out. Then the Supreme Court got involved and said, "Eh, we're going to have to uh, check out these maps and delay the primary, at which point he said, okay, well, Hold on, let me think about it over the holidays, and then I'll make my decision. According to this new poll, Bud would have an edge over Pat McCrory, leading him 47% to 43% amongst likely Republican voters, with 10% undecided in a two-man race. Um, it was a margin of error of uh, 4.4%. Uh, Walker, in a previous poll, drew 13% support. Which uh, tells me that uh, Pat McCrory might be really encouraging Mark Walker to stay in. (laughs) Again, I think people out there, the voting public, are going to look at Mark Walker and Ted Budd. Now, Ted Budd obviously has the the, uh, Trump endorsement, which is going to help a lot with conservatives. But uh, Mark Walker, I think, is the same philosophy as Ted Budd and uh, probably equally as conservative. And as a result, uh, Mark Walker is going to pull more votes away from Ted Budd than he would pull away from uh, Pat McCrory. So, so was this this poll was done by um, Ted Club Budd's? For, it was done by uh, it was <clears throat> sponsored or paid for by Club Growth. Oh, the, the group that's doing uh, the uh, negative the camps, yeah, the negative uh, ads. Yeah, and I like I like uh, Ted Budd. I like him a lot, but I, I you know. Even I looked at those mailings and I said, "Come on, this, yeah. this is this is this is dirty politics." And I, frankly, and, and I realized they're a pack, you know. And Ted Budd doesn't really have any say; can't have any say in what they send out. But I don't think they're helping his cause. I mean, I th- I think there will be people that receive that that know, you know, Republicans that receive that that know enough about Pat McCrory. Maybe Pat McCrory wouldn't be their first choice, but I think they're going to look at that and they're going to say, "That's believing a sour taste in my mouth." Yeah, I looked at them and they and I mean they're just they're just downright 
dishonest. dishonest. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. And uh, but you know that's uh, that's politics. Uh, if you don't think it's a contact sport, well, you listen, better, better get out. And, and in Pat McCrory's defense, he's been doing radio for the last couple of years in WBT. Mm-hmm. My goodness, if and you know so many of these programs that I've done over the last 13 years are out there in the cyber world. I mean, they're recorded, they're posted, and 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 I mean, I've got 13 years worth of material that somebody could, if I ever decided to run for office, oh, they'd have a field day. Got some good stuff on it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they they could go in and take stuff out of context and things that I've said, and uh, yeah, I'd I'd be uh, I would look like a real villain. And, and <laughs> well, well I, I'm here to say I own everything I've ever said. Oh, I don't disagree. Right now. I, I, well, yeah, but you but you don't own it out of context. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the way it's always done, too. I yeah. mean, it's just, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, no different than, uh, I don't know if you're going to talk about this story, but no, no different than the Jesse Waters situation of Fauci. Right. Um, you, I mean, the, the media can be, politics can be dishonest, oh, but so, do, so very, can the media. Very brutal. The Daily Wire is reporting on this story, and I, this is really disappointing. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you at the end of the story what I think might be happening here. But we were all jumping up and down for joy when Glenn Youngkin beat Terry McAuliffe in the governor's race back in November. Youngkin rode the critical race theory backlash. He rode that wave to uh, become the new governor of Virginia. His new education nominee raises serious questions about Yunkin's commitment to eradicating critical race theory and politics from the classroom. Amy Rogstad Garati was nominated, or, or, or Gaderia, I guess is how you pronounce it, Gaderia, Gadera, was nominated by Yunkin this past Monday, to be the Secretary of Education. She's an education consultant. Right there, that's a red flag. Yep. Mm-mm. She's the president of a strategy group. According to the public records, in recent years, she has owned a home and operated her business out of the Minneapolis, Minnesota area. I mean, you talk about the area of the most woke individuals and in school districts, radical ideas. <laughs> Those two things alone— if you're a conservative, I, I mean, right there, that would be a huge red flag. A consultant from Minnesota, not a good combination. She previously founded a group called Data Quality Campaign. She led the group for more than a decade until 2018. Yet there's evidence that this group, Data Quality Campaign, which has taken in $26 million from Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, mm. as first reported by the Daily Caller, uh, they may be pushing the equity agenda that Yunkin has said he opposed. There's a page on the Data Quality Campaign website dedicated to the idea of data for equity. The organization seeks to collect uh, and share data above and beyond reported mandates and engage diverse and representative populations in order to ensure individuals have access to equitable opportunities that lead to success in education and beyond. And listen, Everybody is perfectly happy and willing, I mean, everybody, everybody with a lick of sense, to equal opportunity. 
But when they say equity, <clears throat> they mean everybody has to have equal outcomes. Absolutely. And which mean which is communism. Mm-hmm. Although it's interesting how when you preach communism, the people in charge of the preaching seem to always have more than those who are hearing the preaching. Devin O'Malley, a spokesperson for Yunkin, told the Daily Wire that the governor-elect stands by his pick. I can assure you that as a member of the governor-elect Yunkin's cabinet, she understands that parents matter and that we have to raise standards and restore excellence in education, O'Malley told the Daily Wire. A major part of the policy platform that Virginians mandated was removing CRT and political agendas from our school. Governor-elect Yunkin wouldn't have selected Amy if he didn't have the full faith and confidence that her resolve, that she has the resolve to do that. Equity, the K-12 industry's preferred term for what is popularly known as CRT, is redistribution based on the oppressor versus the oppressed notion of cultural Marxism. The intention is to provide a counterweight to systemic racism. Well, first of all, would you, you know, the only systemic racism that I see about is that of the federal government. Yeah. They're in the systemic racism business. Uh, other than that, I don't see it. But in my hunch, I, 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 I can't say there was absolute certainty. But when somebody like Yunkin gets elected to somebody like the governor of the state of Virginia, he is suddenly going to have all kinds of people surround him and say, you need my help. Right. Oh, I'm an expert. Let me come in and let me help you. Those are the kind of people that you have to go so slow on. I mean, these people will surround him and say, look, you've got to make all these decisions by such and such a date. When, you're, when you take the office, you've got to jump on this right now. Let me help you. And there are going to be a lot of people that look at Yunkin that's saying, okay, how can we influence Yunkin to – allow our propaganda machine to continue i i hope and i my hunch is that's what's happening to yunkin he needs to put uh the brakes on and uh well uh i hadn't mentioned this because we we have so many stories we can't ever get to them and can't even talk about them but uh i know quite a few people from virginia and more recently in the last couple of years i've gotten to know more people that um in virginia that's you know, just politically active. And I had someone tell me right after the election, say, hey, watch out. Glenn Youngkin is is no conservative. He may be a Republican, but he is no conservative. That's he is. He is a progressive. Um, what? How did he describe him? A progressive uh, kind of worldview type guy. And uh, he said, so watch out. You hadn't seen it yet. But well, it's kind of funny. You bring this if, story if, up. If, if that if that just verifies what your friend told you. Yeah. And this is what's so frustrating about uh, politics. You, you you bust your fanny trying to get something or someone like Yunkin elected. And uh, because he's a Republic, Republican, you think, oh, you know, things will get better now. But it's got to be better than uh, the Clinton's lapdog, <laughs> the previous governor. And that's re- uh, and, y- yes. and I like the lieutenant governor. Lieutenant governor, oh, I, yeah. I, think, uh, I think she wears what She's, she is yeah. on her sleeve. So Winston I, Sears, the yeah. uh, black woman who's the lieutenant governor. She's the real deal, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I think she is. I think she is. But that's the problem. 
And again, when you get into these races, everybody becomes more conservative. The Republicans become staunchly conservative. The Democrats become more conservative to the point that they want to sound moderate. Well, you've seen the same thing that I have over the years. I mean, you've seen people get on a ballot that you've known their whole lives and you know a lot about them. And when they get up in front of people and start talking, you just start saying, mm, who is that person? <laughs> who is that? I don't know who that is. <laughs> it's it's like the, uh, the guy that uh, passes away and they get up to give his eulogy and they keep going on and on and on. And finally, the wife turns to the son and say, go up there and look in that casket. Make sure that's your dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who are we talking about? Did we, did we go in the wrong parlor? <laughs> um, speaking of um, establishment Republicans, Mitch McConnell. Milk toast. Mitch, to- Mil- Mitch Milk Toast McConnell. Mitch is uh, done with being subtle, apparently. Apparently, now he is trying to woo Joe Manchin to uh, join the Republican Party. He's got a man crush on him. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I must say, I I don't know how you can be a Democrat for all these years and then suddenly say, yeah, I'll be a Republican. That I, I'm very leery of that. But I have I will say this, though, because you know, there was a time that Joe Manchin thought about running for the presidency. I don't know if you remember that, but, you know, pr- the pre-primary stage a couple of years ago, probably almost three years ago now, he was thinking about it. And I remember mm-hmm. hearing him do an interview uh, on Fox News, and I said to myself, you know, why is this guy a Democrat? Well, he might become a Republican. At least uh, Mitch would like to see him become a Republican. He is. He apparently has made a formal invitation, even to the point of saying, come over and join us as a Republican, and I will let you retain your position as the chairman of the uh, Energy uh, Committee. So uh, we'll see what happens. But you know, again, Mitch made it real clear that one of the reasons he voted against build back better was that you know he was being kicked around by the white house and being treated horribly by the white house you know i, I agree I'm, I'm leery when people make an about face switch but at the same time the democrat party has made an about face switch yeah, um true. i mean just this week well it had, wasn't about face i mean they've been turning for a long long time but, but they've had a couple of people representatives this week that's that's changed parties uh in the democrat party and um some that's dropped out will not rerun and, and i've heard one interview where they just said you know hey this is not the democrat party that i yeah. that i ran on and you know uh look at uh I mean, heck, uh, Bernie Sanders said it at the Democrat convention that uh, ideas now in the Democrat Party that used to be considered extreme is now mainstream. And he's right. So, hey, at one time, the Democrat Party had kind of a conservative sounding president, Barack Obama, compared to the Democrat Party today. I mean, really? I mean, look at look at the things that that Barack Obama ran on and won on. Now you wouldn't win a primary running on. And that's just what, 10, 10 years ago. Uh, by the way, Joe Biden will probably be sending uh, – well, let me put it the other way around. Jimmy Carter will probably send Joe Biden a really nice Christmas gift this he year. He certainly man. should. Joe Biden's economic ratings have sunk to a lower net rating than Jimmy Carter. <laughs> the poll found that Biden holds a 45% approval rating and 54 disapproval rating amongst registered voters on the economy down 51% approval in August and September. The survey results adds up to an overall minus nine net approval, while the average of all polls in December gives the president a minus 13 for his economic performance. 
The poll also found that only 30 percent of Biden's policies have improved economic conditions. Forty five percent responded that conditions have worsened. The poll surveyed over twelve hundred residents, uh, respondents rather. And um, uh, not good. Now, at this point. Jimmy Carter, he was struggling. His numbers were not much better as of the first December of his presidency. But to put it in perspective, at this point, both Donald Trump and Barack Obama were both minus four. Uh, And uh, right now, in terms of his economic performance, uh, Joe is minus 13, overall performance minus nine. Did I do that? Yes, Joe, you did. (laughs) Yes, you did. And by the way, that's from ABC News. So that's no uh, conservative outlet. That's not Fox News, yeah, right? not Fox News. Hey, we're going to take a time out. Stay with us. Uh, by the way, since uh, we're going to be off, this is our last day, we are going to play political trivia in a little bit. Uh, your category, unusual Christmas gifts. Get ready to call in when I say go because this is going to be, it's going to go quick, all right? Just take my word for it. You want to be first in line. Stay with us. I'll be right back. I could tell today's message was really important. Ready your decoder rings. Aha, B. The first letter is B. U, I. It was getting easier now. L, D, build. Build what? What was it? The fate of the country may hang in the balance. Decode the day's news. Build back better? A crummy socialist bill. With Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. See, I thought the Dakota ring would have said, let's go, Brandon. That's what I was thinking the whole time. (laughs) Take a look at your weather forecast. Tonight, clear, low around 28. Um, I'll tell you what. The next uh, week or so is very likable weather. Tomorrow's sunny, high near 47. Uh, Then on Friday, it goes up to the high 50s. And uh, Christmas Day, mostly sunny, high near 67. And looking forward to next week. Uh, it's day after day is going to be in the uh, 60s, maybe even reach 70 one or two days. So uh, not a bad forecast, lots of sunshine. So, uh, you know, usually I know a lot of people want uh, cold and snow on Christmas Day. I'm sorry. The older I get, the more I enjoy the warmer weather and uh, maybe even get out to play a little golf. Weather brought to you by the Ironwood Golf and Country Club, voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18 whole Lee Trevino design course, full service dining and outdoor pool, tennis and more. Our newly renovated 15,000 square foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fees. Give them a call 252-752-4653 and they've got a pro shop that is full of all kinds of goodies for the golfer for this Christmas. So if you still need to do some Christmas shopping for your golfer, Head on out to the Ironwood Pro Shop. They've got uh, golf equipment, golf apparel, all kinds of goodies, including gift certificates for rounds of golf and uh, also for golf lessons. By the way, did you see the any of the PNC tournament? Uh, it was uh, it's it's a quasi tournament with two days with uh, pros and a a son or a father, you know, someone who's not a pro. Mm. And uh, John Daly and his and John Daly. When was the last time you saw him win a tournament? Wow! And boy, he's a he's a big man. But uh, he and his son won the thing. Hmm. Um, and Tiger Woods and his son 
what's his son's name? His young guy's only like nine years old. Lord. But I tell you what, John he hit. Charlie. Charlie, yeah. Charlie, thank you, Clark. Uh he and Charlie uh played really well. John Daly, his son played well, but Daly's son and uh Tiger Woods son you're going to see them playing professional golf. Yeah. Both of them were really good. I haven't I didn't see John Daly's, but I saw uh, Charlie, I guess it is, Tiger Woods' son, and his swing, I'm like, wow. Oh, he's a mini-me. Yeah. He is such a mini-me of, of Tiger Woods. That was a fun uh, term to watch. But it, what reminded me was uh, Lee Trevino was out there still playing with mm. uh, his grandson. Yeah, if you're watching on TV, there's uh, <laughs> there's tar- Tiger and Charlie uh, on your screen, and he is a mini-me. But I mean, their mannerisms, the way they lean on their putters when they're waiting to putt, it was it was a lot of fun to now, watch. Now, how old is John Daly's son? I think he was 13, something like that. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit look a little older than uh, than than Charlie Woods. But, John uh, John Daly was a talent. It's it's really sad that uh, you he know, can he, still hit it. Yeah, he, he had, can still hit it. I don't know how. <laughs> pardon me, but I don't know how he swings around that big belly. That boy enjoys his food and enjoys his beer, but uh, he can he can still hit. Hit a, he's 18? Wow. Hmm. John Daly's son is 18. Well, you might see him on the pro circuit real soon then. Uh, I had no no clue that he was that old, but uh, um, both of them are good golfers. The older you get, the younger everyone looks. Yeah. Okay. Your uh, golf report brought to you by Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Uh, Fox News is reporting that uh, House progressives are now saying to Joe, implement Build Back Better through executive power. So they want him to pull the old Barack Obama. I've got a uh, phone and a pen. Um, the uh, legislative group, the Congressional Progressive Caucus, is calling on Biden and all Democrats who believe in the need to build back better for climate, care, immigrants, and those seeking economic dignity an opportunity to come together and deliver for all American people. Um, Use any means available. In Congress, we will continue to prioritize a legislative path for Build Back Better. In the meantime, the White House must continue to act on a parallel track by using the president's incredibly powerful tool of executive action. Listen, the executive action that they're talking about would be a total abuse. I mean, and, and this article, by the way, goes on to say, you know, you would be very, very limited at what you could spend. I mean, this this uh, w- it would be one point seven five trillion for was that for eighteen months or something like that, right? And he'd have to take it from somewhere else, exactly. <clears throat> so, and, and you know, and they tried to justify it, say, well, you know, Donald Trump built the wall. Well, he did take it from something. He took it from the military budget. And by the way, he also declared a national emergency, which I would contend. Now, they they would say that. It's a national emergency. We need Build Back Better for whatever reason. But it was, I think there was a national emergency with people coming across the border. But back in 2021, though, Congress did pass legislation. It proved $1.4 billion for wall construction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, brings up a whole other question. If Congress passed $1.4 billion for wall construction, listen, a, a congressional act – always supersedes any type of executive action but the execution of anything any spending is determined by the executive office i mean that's that's 
you know that's kind of it's the balance that's the balance of our powers i mean yeah the budget's approved and, and congress controls the uh, purse strings but uh every department uh every executive department in the united states government is controlled by the president based you know based on his cabinet he'll just he'll just say his secretary of homeland security or whatever it is just say don't enforce this so how bad are the uh crimes up in the city of chicago pretty bad a, a, a wonderful city too that's being destroyed by crime as is san francisco as is portland as i mean seattle you name it dc philadelphia minneapolis new york minneapolis baltimore seattle <laughs> illinois democrat state senate majority leader was a victim of a carjacking tuesday night in a chicago suburb according to police senator kimberly lightfoot and her husband eric mckinney is she in relation to uh, Lori Lightfoot, hmm. Beetlejuice? Um, were together during the incident, but were unharmed, police said. The carjacking happened about four, 9 uh, 45 in uh, the, uh, suburbs of Chicago. The three masked subjects driving a Dura- uh, Durango SUV hijacked a black Mercedes Benz SUV belonging to Lightfoot, according to the chief of police. Still an ongoing investigation. So. I'm sure that uh, this Senator Lightfoot, she's probably all about defunding the police. See if that changes her tune. Yeah, now, I'm not as familiar with Chicago suburbs as I used to be, but that area used to be a pretty um, calm area, um, unless it's you know unless it's changed, which it could flip. But it's uh, it was a western suburb, as I recall. Uh, was I've been in that area before? So, how many changes will we see coming down the pike yet when it comes to COVID? CNBC, now this is not some right-wing alt group. CNBC is reporting that the World Health Organization has come out today and says that vaccine booster programs will prolong the COVID crisis. Quote, no country can boost its way out of the pandemic. World Health Organization officials today criticized blanket COVID-19 vaccine booster programs as poor countries struggle to obtain initial doses, warning that the unequal access to immunizations could lead to more uh, mutated variants that drag out the crisis. Blanket booster programs are likely to prolong the pandemic rather than ending it by diverting supply to countries that already have a high level of vaccination coverage giving the virus more opportunity to spread and mutate, according to uh, WHO Director uh, Tetros. Uh, He said this during a news briefing. The comments from uh, the World Health Organization come as health officials in the U.S. promote vaccine booster shots for all um, residents over the age of 16. Now, basically, what they're saying here is, again, we're talking about inequity or inequality, whatever you want to call it, as as it uh, applies to the vaccine. But to uh, quote Dr. Michael Ryan, executive director of the World Health Organization's Health Emergencies Program, he said, vaccine inequity is the most horrific injustice of 2021. Now, the most horrific injustice of 2021 is the lack of candor from communist China and Fauci, who will pay for the gain-of-function research and lied about it. That's the most horrific injustice but so, but once again, the rules are changing. Now, granted, what they're saying here is, okay, certain countries like the United States, Great Britain, Israel, 
you know, they're 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 now Israel's now pushing their fourth dose mm-hmm. in less than a year. I, I, I'm sorry, but this can't be good for the human body. It just can't. I'm not a doctor. I don't know, but it, it's just hard to believe that you can be injecting these drugs into your body four times in one year and saying this is all right. But what they're saying too is, okay, these other countries that don't have the vaccines, uh, you know, we're going to continue to see mutations. But here's my question. Okay, is this a backhanded way of saying there's nothing better than natural immunities? Yeah, true. Uh, and again, go down, you know, the Omicron started down in South Africa where I think the vaccination rate is less than 20%. It's about 7 to 10% last I saw. So, so that's pretty low. And this is where Omicron started, according to the World Health Organization. Um, and perhaps it did start because there was a lower amount of vaccinated people. But again, every new variant of this COVID is less severe. Mm-hmm. Is this how we're going to get out of the whole COVID crisis? And again, some experts say yes. Well, again, here too, you go down to some of these African nations, and what are they taking? They're taking hydroxychloroquine as an anti-malarial. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They're surviving COVID. But so, but again, you know, this is. Not what we heard from the World Health Organization just a few months ago. And it certainly contradicts what we hear just yesterday from the Biden White House. Yeah, I don't think at any level you can brag about success with public health on a world stage and a national stage with, with what where we are with COVID, where we were told we would be with COVID. Um, you know, in July um, – Biden, you know, basically was patting himself on the back that, you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's just about over, yeah. you know, and um, Fourth of July celebration. And the one thing that happened yesterday at Biden's press conference um, or address, I wouldn't say a press conference because he didn't really take any questions, was, you know, he for the first time ever, he gave some credit to Donald Trump um, about the vaccine and the, and the Operation Warp Speed. And it just made me think um, – does he want to deflect some of the issues? <laughs> no, it, well, it, to me, it's had a purpose. I mean, is there something else going to happen that we oh, yeah. don't know about? Oh, yeah. Every, and so now they can say the vaccine was a mistake, it's the problems, and it's all Donald the result Trump's of fault. Donald Trump's fault. <laughs> I, I mean, would, I just l- – Listen, if, if that helps in their cause, they absolutely would do I that. I mean, in, in four years, there was absolutely nothing said positive about Donald Trump from the Democrat Party. Not one thing. No. So for so for Joe Biden, either he was having one of his many senior moments yesterday when he said that, and today he don't even remember he said it, or it was a plan. It was a plan to say that. And well, and within the last within the last month, they've reinstated by the courts. They've had to reinstate Remain in Mexico, which they said they're going to do, right. which they haven't, and started. Bi- building, but they start rebuilding the wall. Building the wall, oh, yeah. Curious. By the way, two other related articles on that defense. One is reporting that the U.S. Army has created, or is in the midst of creating, they're still doing tests on it, a single vaccine against all COVID and SARS variants. Within weeks, Walter Reed researchers expect to announce that human trials show success against Omicron and even future strains. And again, though, uh, are are we going to need it at this point? But uh, unlike these other commercial uh, vaccines, it sounds like they're actually being much more diligent with taking this through certain trials um, apparently they're having some hard, a hard time finding enough people to have the trials on because they want to they want to tr- test this 
on people who have not had COVID or have not been vaccinated. And apparently they're running out of potential people to do that. Uh, also, uh, news out today that the um, health regulators authorized the first pill against COVID-19. Now, this is not a vaccine. It's a Pfizer drug that Americans will be able to take at home once they've been diagnosed as having COVID, a testing positive. They can take this drug and apparently it's going to get rid of the, the fight off the virus. I, I am really curious to find out whether the drugs in this are uh, at, at all similar to mm-hmm. the drugs that Donald Trump wanted to take, mm-hmm. hydrochloroquine or Invector. What, what's the other one? Ivermectin. Uh, ivermectin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and apparently Merck has also got a pill coming out. Yeah. And from what I read, um, it kind of had the same re- kind of requirement to be sort of like the monoclonal antibodies treatment that it needed to be taken within the first you know five or six days. Right. Of- but ivermectin's the same way. Yeah. I mean, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta take it quick. If you wait too long, it's gonna lose its effect. Hey, let's take a time out because we want to play our last edition of political trivia for 2021. 561-8255 is the number to call. Got a great prize package again. Give us a call quick because I think this is gonna go real quick. Got a great prize package, and political trivia starts when we get back. on this December 22nd, 2021. By the way, as a side note, this isn't part of the question, but uh, today is a palindrome date. In other words, look at the date, 12-22-21. It's the same forward or backwards. A little trivia you can take home to your kids tonight. Oh, my. Wow. There's, yeah. a, there's a few words like that, you know, are spelled yeah. backwards the same yeah. as forwards. I don't know what that's called. Noon. Yeah, there's there you one. Go. Uh, five six one eight two five five. Give us a call. It is time for political trivia, and nobody believes me. Everybody wants to hear the question first. I promise you, the first caller is going to get this question. So you better call in. Got a prize package with over two hundred dollars worth of goodies, including an oil change for your car, a pickup, a Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep, or a Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, a gift certificate from Fit for Life, including two free uh, training sessions. $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, real Mexican street food located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, US 70 West in Havelock. A $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. Delicious baked from scratch goodies. A card to University PC Care and a gift certificate to the Ironwood Country Club. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have won recently, let 60 days pass before you play again. And uh, the number to call is 561-8255. The category, unusual Christmas gifts. I don't think anybody believes me that they're going to be the first ones to win it. Everybody wants to hear the question first before they call in. They do this every day. Every day we have this. 561-8255. So should I give the question first? And then it's a matter, then it's a race to the phones. I'm telling you, give us a call and you're going to be the first one in and you're going to win it. 561-8255. Here's your question. Since you don't want to call in until you hear it, the question, category unusual Christmas gifts. The year was 1886. A European country presented the United States with a special Christmas gift. Which country was it 
and what was the gift? Okay, a little two-parter there. The year was 1886. A European country presented the United States with a special Christmas gift. Which country was it? And what was the gift? 561-8255. Do you want to call in to make sure the phones are working? (laughs) 561-8255. Exactly what the source is. Yeah. Fauci has uh, destroyed our uh, phone system. 561-8255. The year was 1886. A European country presented the United States with a special Christmas gift. Which country was it? And what was the gift? Uh, Has this ever happened before? What's wrong with the phones? It is a different day. The holiday is here. That's why today's our last Friday. Okay. 561-8255. I might have to... Would it help would it help if we say the prize is the Jelly of the Month Club? <laughs> a membership to the Jelly of the Month Club. 5618255. A Christmas unusual Christmas gift. So if you know it, call in. The person that just gave me that funny line, you can call in and answer. 5618255. All right. Uh, well, okay. Uh, you know what? There it goes. 5618255. 3 Two, one. This has never happened before. I don't know. Apparently you did. All right. Let's go ahead and take a time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Well, guess what? Uh, it's not that we don't have listeners. It's the phones weren't working. We, uh... <laughs> you called it. I, yeah, the phones weren't working. So uh, we tried to call into our uh, got a Disney line. For those of you who called in, thank you. And by the way, I'm sorry to say that um, uh, we had a lot of winners that were texting us the answers on our smartphones and uh, over emails. Uh, you're all geniuses. Uh, yes, the answer was the country was France and the gift was the Statue of Liberty. And, and by the way, there was a special prize package too, a brand new car, but we can't give it away because we didn't have a winner this time. <laughs> So, uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. I, you know, great question. And uh, it was the easy. That, that one really there. sounds like I was teasing, doesn't it? I said, yeah. it's going to be quick. Mm-hmm. Nobody calls, and uh, Henry Hinton's phones aren't working. Um, but what else is no? The, uh, I'm just kidding, Henry. Just kidding. <laughs> um, two stories out that are very disturbing. I was hoping we'd have more time for these two stories, but uh, they both deal with China having a, I'll even say, uh, a corrupt, illegal, nefarious influence on the United States while at the same time stealing information from our country. And they're doing it two different ways. First of all, the Free Beacon reported that a Virginia-based company called Potomac Media Group have been leasing their radio station it's a 50,000-watt AM station, 50,000 during the day. Nighttime, the, the power drops down to about uh, 1,200 watts. But they've been leasing their radio station to China over the past two years for $4.4 million. Wow. Mm. And listen, I, I, I've, I've run AM stations in large markets before. I mean, we're going back decades now. But um, that is a lot of money 
uh, the, the station is actually located in Leesburg. And I know Washington, D.C. is a big market, but, but, but they also have a lot of radio stations. And a daytime 50,000-watt station, normally, I don't think they would be making that kind of money. Mm-hmm. That's, a lot of, that's a lot of money for that, that situation with an AM station. So, but, but they, they're, they're fi- and, and by the way, they just now have filed that information with the FCC and uh, other agencies of the United States government, the Justice Department, um, they're they're leasing their content to the China Global Television Network. They've got a bunch of talk shows that are done in English, but they're all promoting. I mean, you think they were American programs, but they're all giving a sympathetic ear to uh, the nation of China. The Chicoms. The Chicoms. Mm-hmm. And this is happening in our nation's capital. Well, you know. The station, by the way, is WCRW. No, no evidence for this, but just might need to drill down and see if uh, Hunter Biden has anything to do with this. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> uh, also, the Washington Free Beacon is reporting today, Princeton University has taken millions of dollars in donations from a Chinese state-sponsored university and the founder of a think tank aligned with the Communist Chinese Party, according to federal records. The Ivy League school has received some $4.6 million from the CCP-controlled Peking University to fund research hubs for drug development and computer science. China has aggressively cultivated relationships with American universities and think tanks in recent years, while some of these partnerships aim to promote genuine student and research exchange. FBI Director Christopher Wray has warned of China's increased use of non-traditional collectors of intelligence, especially in the academic setting. The Justice Department in 2018 formed the China Initiative to root out China's efforts to steal technology from American businesses and university to influence American policymakers. Now, what's interesting about this is uh, Princeton and other elite schools have pushed back on this China initiative, saying it creates a chilling effect for academic research and freedom and stokes anti-Asian bias. <laughs> no, it affects their endowments and their budgets. That's well, what it- and look, bottom line, when uh, somebody like Princeton University gets an extra $4.6 million, and by the way, Princeton also this, this year got an additional $1.3 million to fund professorships in the school's computer science department. So in other words, there are a lot of professors that are getting their wallets expanded mm-hmm. thanks to communist China giving money to Princeton. Bottom line, follow the money. Uh, you know, again, I don't know anything about this Potomac Media Group, but I can promise you one thing. Somebody is making a lot more money than they would make normally. What What is a sad state of affairs is when United States citizens basically say, I care so little about my country, I'm going to help the bad guys. I'm going to help those people that want to destroy America for the almighty buck. Shame on Princeton. Shame on this Potomac Media Group. And look, and Princeton's not alone, by the way. There's plenty of other colleges and universities that are uh, receiving money from the, the Chi-Coms as well. You know, second thought, that sounds something like Al Gore would do because, you know, he did something. Uh, he sold a station to Al, Al Jazeera oh, yeah, back, yeah, back in the yeah. day and made a buck. Yeah, he did. What was the original name of his uh, cable network? I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, uh, losers.com? Air, um, anyway, Air America or something? Yeah, no, that was... Those were other losers. Uh, This is our last program of 2021. Have a great, blessed Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Uh, Go celebrate the Savior's birth. And we will see you next year. Have a great new year. We'll see you on January the 4th.